Welcome to Faith Fondue, a new podcast featuring me, author and speaker Haley D. Maria, and teacher and blogger Ann Strickers. Faith Fondue will feature a melting pot of topics ignited by a flame, our faith, and guided by the Holy Spirit. Each week will feature a theme, and the theme for this week's episode is Easter. Happy Easter, Anne. Happy Easter, Haley. He is risen. Alleluia. Yeah, it's fun to uh, finally sing the Alleluia today. I wanted to take um, our camera and microphone off mute today to sing along with Father Tom, and um, I got vetoed by my children. So I was happy they joined me for Mass, but they did not want other people to hear me sing. (laughs) You did not want to raise your voices in song together? Oh, I I raised it in song together. (laughs) They just didn't want anyone else to know I was hear me raise it in song together. Yeah, well, it was nice. Um, I was at Holy Cross Center and I walked in and they were playing probably like the Notre Dame Folk Choir and just the the joy of Easter. You, It does, it carries itself in the music, right? Jesus Christ is risen today. Hallelujah. I mean, what a just beautiful hymn. Oh, I love it. And that, that is actually one that I will sing out loud, loud. Like it is... Um, it's one of my favorites, but it, it's a song that can't be sung quietly. You're either singing it wholeheartedly or, um, you know, why bother? Yeah. yeah, you know, and the music of the Passion is really profound. And I think it's quite meaningful. For example, were you there when they crucified my Lord? Is You know, that's it's a spiritual and it is quite moving. And I think it, it adds to the weight of the Triduum and that day, but today's a new day and we do get to celebrate. Um, and so music is just one way to do that. Yeah, it is. And another way uh, many people celebrate Easter, of course, is um, with kind of the more commercial um, Easter traditions, you know, Easter baskets, Easter candy. Um, you know, I did have a piece of carrot cake this morning at brunch. Oh. So our, our yes, our Lenten um, resolutions have been complete. So I did enjoy that nice dessert this morning. Um, and, uh, you know, most people know I'm, I, I have a massive sweet tooth. Um, so <laughs> I was ready for my candy this morning. But I have to ask you, so a couple questions I was thinking um, as I was picking through my children's Easter baskets. And we'll talk about that in a second, too. But um, jelly beans. Are you a jelly bean fan, Anne? You know, okay, so of course, I mean, so it's raw sugar, right, Haley? I, I mean, I, I well, you say of course, and I say of course, but some people don't like yeah. jelly beans. <laughs> well, I do have a sweet tooth as well. I'm not a candy person, like a hard candy person in general. I prefer chocolate, mm. but a good jelly bean is delightful. And I bought some, the tiny eggs. I bought Brock's, you of know, course. I'll go old school. And, you know, the white is a different flavor than the purple and the purple is different than the pink. And we associate slight flavors and variations with each one. So my teeth, the moment I bite into one, are like, "Why? what are you doing to me? You know, that you can feel I shouldn't be talking about that on Easter. We should just delight in the right. in the treat. But <laughs> yes, I do like jelly beans. Yeah, jelly beans. Really. Now, black or no black? Jelly no beans. No way. No, no. I know. I'm with yeah. you. I um I, I said this earlier. The only good reason to put a black jelly beans in a bag is so that I won't eat the whole bag, um, because I won't eat the black ones. But I, I did um I did save them in a black bag for a friend who does like them, uh, and they do sell them. I actually I, I don't know if this is new, but I saw 
an entire bag of black jelly beans in the store. So yeah. Um, yeah. if that is of interest to anyone, I'm sure they'll be on sale in a few weeks because I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know who else is buying it. Not half off. All right. So what about um, Peeps? Do you like Peeps? No. Mm. No. No sugar bunnies? No. I mean, that is really like hitting the straight sugar. Why do I feel that way even more than the jelly bean? Uh, um, I, yeah. I, I, I love them. I am a peep no. person. Oh, oh yeah. Yep. You put them in the microwave, they explode. That's fun. Yeah. Um, in college, I had a friend every Easter, he would play this game called bunnies till you puke. And he would just, he would just, no. I think he would just eat them and eat them and eat them until they made him sick. And oh, that is disgusting. again, I know not a fun Easter tradition, but I do like the peeps. Mm. I like the sugar. I like kind of the, you bite down and it's mush, you know, the marshmallow softness, but then you get like that gritty sugar bite against yes. the teeth. And yeah. Wow, you've really you've really <laughs> contemplated this. <laughs> I've been thinking about it for forty plus days. All these these. Oh my, yes, that's so funny. <laughs> what about Cadbury but, eggs? Do you like? The yeah. Eggs? Okay, so I think there was a survey, and they said the number one candy at Easter is actually the Reese's peanut butter cup egg. Oh, interesting. Okay. And I think you know, I don't know. If somewhere along in our childhood, I don't know if the Cadbury egg existed prior to our childhood, Haley, but I feel like that was a popular item, you know, when we were young and it's completely disgusting in the sense of chocolate with this inner life of sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I love their like chocolate eggs just on their own, but the Cadbury I, mini eggs. Correct. So those yes. are Jamie's favorite. He loves okay. the Cadbury mini eggs. Um, I just used to love those commercials and I probably shouldn't even attempt to make the sound, but remember you had like the, the buck, 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 with the little bunny, like the chick dressed up as the bunny. Cute. Oh, yes. Anyway. All right. So those are, uh, you know, Easter candy. It was very sweet. So one tradition we have in our house for Easter was when my boys were younger, um, their very first Easter, my parents bought them their Easter basket and it is, you know, a solid, nice wooden basket um, that has their name on it and the date of their first Easter. And that's been their Easter basket every year. So I've taken it with us if we've gone to Florida for Easter. It's made the trip to, you know, anywhere we've gone. And um, so we're in South Bend for Easter this year um, because James uh, couldn't come home. We wanted to see him. And I brought the Easter baskets with me. And, um, you know, it's fun. James is 19 and he saw his Easter basket and just kind of that genuine surprise joy reaction you know the first oh you brought my easter basket uh made it worth you know carrying it here but um that's been kind of a fun tradition our house is having those easter baskets every year um so that's one thing we enjoy they are they you know they're special that's really neat like to have the thoughtfulness behind that that you would have brought that i think that says a lot yeah um you know we each had our own easter basket and we still have them um, there is no Easter basket, but um, in my family, we did seize candy a mm. lot. So that was just, it might, you know, it's from San Francisco now seize yep. is everywhere, but the Bordeaux egg was my preference. It's chocolate with this like kind of creamy scent, like buttercream center, but it has sprinkles on the egg. Delightful. And then just different types of eggs from seize. 
So the Easter Bunny was very, had a discerning palate and I appreciate it. <laughs> well, and I, I grew up on Seas Candy too. It was definitely a West Coast thing. Um, mm-hmm. And of course now, you know, now it's everywhere, but um, yeah. it was kind of, you yeah. know, you had like Marshall Fields and Frango Mints from Chicago and then you had, you know, Seas Candy yeah. coming from California. Yeah. So, yeah. So do you know the history behind like why we do not so much the Easter basket? I don't know that, but why eggs? Why eggs at Easter? No, I'm hoping you do. Well, I know. And I'm thinking I should have probably just looked it up. But, um, you know, in today's gospel, we find that Mary is at the tomb. She's one of the first witnesses um, to, you know, this empty tomb. And she, Mary Magdalene, mm-hmm. she is depicted, you know, she's the first one of the first you know, early, she's an early disciple, but she's often pictured in icons with an egg. And so the idea is that, you know, eggs signify new life. And I think that's like, you know, a white lily, which Joseph or Mary hold in many icons is for purity, but the egg is simply new life. And like thinking of this tomb, that which Jesus was in, you know, he is no longer there, but I, you know, as you're supposed to do this morning, I kind of placed myself in that gospel reading, like, why did she go to the tomb? You know, she went to the tomb to tend to the body, mm-hmm. obviously. And um, what an act of love that would be, because that would be, that would be really hard. Right. And, and, and they don't embalm them then like they did yeah. now. So that was not a, a pleasant way to, to, to die or a pleasant state of the body, I would imagine. No, um, no, but a great yeah act of love. And I did just look up, you're right, eggs are to symbolize sort of rebirth, re, yeah. you know, fertility, a, a new life. Um, yeah. So you didn't need to look that up ahead of time because you got that. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, all these small traditions, there's, it's meaningful when there's connections to kind of our larger tradition. And today I woke up and I was able to read the Holy Father's message Um to, you know, it was given at the vigil last night, but I really, I loved his words. And um, this was his message. It is always possible to begin anew because there is always a new life that God can awaken in us in spite of all of our failures. And he continues to say, even from the rubble of our hearts, each of us knows, knows the rubble of his own heart. From the rubble of our hearts, God can create a work of art. From the ruined remnants of our humanity, God can prepare a new history. God never ceases to go ahead of us in the cross of suffering, desolation, and death, and in the glory of a life that rises again, a history that changes, a hope that is reborn. What great words to with on this Easter Sunday. Yeah. And what a great sort of way to just, you know, begin, you know, return to Easter in ordinary time. And um, I, I think we're all looking and ready for sort of a rebirth in our life in general. And, and what a great time to kind of kick that off, you know, as we look towards spring and as the weather gets nicer and as we're looking towards summer and, you know, even the vaccine becoming more available to everyone, um, it, it's kind of appropriate that that falls in line, you know, with the with the church calendar of this being Easter and celebrating, um, you know, th- this rebirth um, and an eternal life as well, because I, I think we're all ready to kind of start anew in so many ways. Um, so 
that that is our hope this Easter Sunday um, is is to have this be a new beginning and um, really to look inside ourselves too and to think about how we can change in putting behind a really hard year. Um, you know, this time last year, Easter was a, a really there was so much fear and so much unknown and we were all so isolated and locked down and we, we didn't know what the future held. And, um, you know, we still don't know what the future holds, but I think in many ways there's a lot more hope this year at Easter um, than there was last year. So what a great, yeah, message to, you know, great words from, you know, from our Holy father to, to really start anew as we look forward to um, the rest of the spring and the rest of the year. It's true. You know, I think of, this last 40 days, you know, if you take your Lent and try to really work through something by giving something up, you know, it's difficult, it's challenging. Or, you know, in that line that what his message, like the rubble of our heart, like there's rubble there because there's, there's been something that's been difficult or, or, you know, hard, um, sinful, whatever it may be, but God works with that. And we have to kind of cooperate, you know, we have to lean in, so to speak, and God will do the heavy lifting, so to speak. So I think about this Lent and I think about, oh, I didn't do great in this way or that way. And it's not, I don't know why I feel that way. Like, it's not about how well you did, you know, it's the, the, the showing up, the practice, the commitment, and it's for the purpose of you know, being made new. And so um, I think anytime something's born or reborn, it's it's tough. And so part of that preparation is allowing ourselves, you know, for this new place to be that we want to go. But God, again, does does the real work. So I want to trust in that. In these next 50 days of Easter, just allowing, you know, the art to be seen and, um, you know, the hope to be born. Well, and I loved, you know, the, some of the words that Father Tom shared with us this morning. You know, we, we are, God does not love us because we are good. Um, you know, we are good because God loves us, right? So if we, you know, he doesn't, we don't receive his love because we are good. We are good because we receive it. So, um, and, and one of the greatest gifts of our faith, I think, is forgiveness too. Um, and I think we have to be able to, for, to forgive ourselves. So if we didn't have that perfect Lent, it's okay. Um, we can forgive that. Um, God always forgives if we ask for it, um, and we <clears throat> we can move forward with that with that rebirth and and really time to celebrate. Um, you know, there's there's a lot to look forward to. That's right. The spring is a great season. Um, they were talking on NPR about the cherry blossoms in Washington D.C. and how this is the week that they are in bloom. And I used to go to D.C. I've spent many Easter's in D.C. And, um, you know, my Facebook memories popped up just so many Easter's with my nieces and um, part of D.C., you know, Capitol Hill, where they live, and there's all these flowers and tulips and daffodils and really visual reminders, colorful reminders of new life and hope and, um, yeah, God's promise. So, so this is um, there's this is kind of a fun week coming up for you and I know um, first of all it's spring break right so that's always a nice week um, when we work in a school is to have that time off um, I know it's Masters week um, so I don't know if that always coincides with your spring break but what a what a great gift for you to just be able to to settle in and enjoy that um, 
a lot of so I'm, we can uh, talk about the masters next week i may not even get you on the on our podcast next sunday we might have <laughs> well, to find sunday, no that is <laughs> i was like a friend scheduled something on saturday i was like wait a minute um no there is just no uh the sunday of the masters so far listeners for people who don't even like golf it just it does not disappoint and it's incredible and it's interesting to even think and talk about the Masters in light of all that's gone on this past year because it has a it has a complicated history. It is you know the most exclusive of exclusive of places. You right. know, caddies um, had you know blacks were confined to being caddies for a very long time. Women were not allowed to even be members. Until I mean, it too is too recently, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, I carry all of that, and I have this deep love for you know tradition the beauty of it just the 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 play oh my gosh it's just um dustin johnson posted his menu so every player the champion um there's a dinner and the only people at the dinner are past champions so you're in this room of um well men essentially Mm -hmm. who understand Mm -hmm. one another in the way that only they can so kind of laughing even just thinking about how ridiculous that sounds but I still think it's awesome and um no surprise to me he did two things that were interesting one he pigs in a blanket was part of his appetizer (laughs) and then the meal is filet mignon which sounds delightful so um just one of the many traditions of this week and I know for so many other people March Madness, or Haley, as I learned, it's not March Madness for the women's tournament. That term is coined only for the men's tournament. Did you know that? Did you read that? So, McGraw about that. No, I didn't know that. Um, yeah. Hmm. So if you pay attention and we, you know, our listeners, the women's game is on right now. So you will only see NCAA tournament final four, but March Madness is for it in, and that even that song, One Shining Moment, that people love, Luther Vandross, which is the highlights of the tournament that they air after the men's championship, does not include highlights of the women's tournament. You're right. It doesn't. And and this year, it probably, at this point, could probably be just one highlight, and that is that shot that um, Suggs made to to send Gonzaga to the the national championship game. But you know, it's it's interesting Anne, because one of the um one of the things I noticed this year about the women's tournament and it's been in the media more than it has been not unfortunately for the basketball play, but um you know, I know you and I have always followed women's basketball and you know, I feel really lucky to have a spouse who really loves women's basketball too and so do my boys. So um we follow the women's programs as you know as closely as the men's. Um but I've noticed there's a lot, there, there used to be such a wide talent gap in women's basketball. You used to have like a, a real couple of few solid mm-hmm. teams and programs, and they might have yeah. varied over the years, you know, who were the top couple of programs, but there was, there was, a, there was a huge gap in talent. And so you didn't have, in, in a way, you didn't necessarily have the madness that you have had in the men's tournaments because there weren't Agreed. really upsets. Yes. Um, you know, one of the reasons you get March Madness is because, you know, UMBC beats Virginia. Now, that, of course, was a, um, <laughs> you know, a, a rare thing. And, and we live, you know, so close yeah, to UMBC. 16, I actually. You know, one. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. But in women's basketball, you didn't necessarily used to have that because, um, you know, the, it was it, there just weren't the upset. So I'm not saying there shouldn't be March Madness in women's basketball. I actually love seeing so many more programs um, 
like a South Carolina, like yeah. a Baylor, like, like yes. Arizona. A- Arizona, Good. right? I mean, that's you're, we're getting yeah. that madness. The madness is coming to women's basketball, and I love it. I'm glad that we're, you know, not seeing, um, you know, just a handful of programs always dominating. Um, so we'll, we'll have to think of something else, maybe April madness, because half the tournament seems to take place <laughs> in April these days, but, oh, um, is- April anarchy. I don't know. We'll have to think yeah, of something yeah, yeah. just for the women. Hired. Yes. Um, but it, you know, it's a fun time. It's, it's, it's just spring is great. And, um, you know, it snowed this week in some places in the country, so it probably didn't feel like spring, but whether you're a golf fan, um, whether you love basketball, whether you're a baseball fan, you know, the, the Orioles oh, are three and oh, you know, they've oh. swept the Red Sox the last three games and, um, uh, you know, just kind of a, a fun time of year. And of course, um, you know, it, it all for those of us who, who are Catholic and Christian centers around um, Easter, uh, this holiest of times and, and for our, our, our Jewish friends, um, Passover as well. So, always there this religious foundation um but sports are certainly a time to bring us all together too well i did i did cringe this week because um a podcast i was listening to i might have mentioned this to you this man said you know the golf course is my church Mm. and i was just like okay please no like (laughs) and you know we could unpack that but um you know sports are a religion for many people in the sense of that religion, the word, the root of the word is binding. They are, you know, people are bound to their teams and there are seasons to sports, which is why there's such a draw. And, um, you know, we have entered into a new season in our church and it's the Easter season. It's 50 days. So always the reminder that 50 trumps 40, right? So we get to celebrate for longer than um, 40 days and, you know, for me, I will be able to go back to my church. And um, we were talking this morning, what's that going to be like? You know, this is a really, it's going to be an interesting time in the church, in the United States. I can't speak of other places, but how will, will they recover? How many will close? How many people just honestly won't go back? Right. And, you know, I think about some of the people that I haven't seen in a year, and I'm a member of a parish, and it's not a huge parish, but just the fact that I show up every Sunday and I don't even know some of the families, but I know them. For example, there's these grandparents and they have, they take their three grandsons and they, they're there every Sunday and I love seeing them. And I've always wondered, I'm like, where are the parents? But then I'm like, well, I'm glad the grandparents are here and it's fun to watch the boys get bigger. And Mm -hmm. to me, those are just the small things about being in a parish. And then certain things that happen among yourself and parishioners. And then I don't know, what do people think of me? I, I show up too. I only thought of that today. Like I, I, I'll give an example. My brother at his parish, one time a woman said to him, thank you for helping me pray better. And it's because of his prayerful example. When he, after the Eucharist, he really just sets himself up. And I thought, what a wonderful thing to say to another person, but also what a a wonderful realization for him that like his presence is helping somebody else to pray better. And, you know, what if we all kind of thought about like the gifts that we bring and, you know, or could bring by our presence. So maybe that's my public service announcement for, for all of us to hopefully not let the golf course be your church. I mean, if you want to play, I'm, I'm there with you, but also like, 
let your church be your church. Right. Well, and you know, I honestly, and no one I know is as big a golf fan as you are. Um, so if it's not the church for you, I don't know why it would be <laughs> for anyone. Um, but you know, I, I would like to think that what they're saying is they feel a real peace and closeness, um, to God yeah. when they are out in, you know, God's creation, right? You know, there yeah. are times when we're outside and, um, we do feel closer to him in certain places. Um, yeah. but hopefully yeah. they're also going to church too, and not just the golf course. <laughs> yeah. No, you're, you're totally right. Uh, thank you. You always bring it back for me, Haley. And there is like a uh, Rabbi Shem Tov. I think he talks about praying outside and then his father being angry that he's not praying in the temple. And he's like, but this is, it's essentially where he prays best. So who am I to do that? But I, in terms of community, I, I, I like people to to be to be there for it. Well, and my, and I'm yeah. guessing whoever shared said whoever you heard say that the golf course is their religion was probably not going to church. So, um, although I shouldn't judge that, but um, I do. You know, I I think we should absolutely pray when we're not just in church. You know, yeah. right. um, you know that that's all part of it too. But and I yeah. hope you have an awesome spring break. I hope you enjoy yeah. this Masters week. Um, I will be thinking of you as I follow along. Um, you know, I did notice last night during the game, there was a player for UCLA who was born um, right around the time they said, I think this is what I heard, that um, Tiger Woods won his first Masters. Would that have been? In 98, he would have won. Okay, so maybe it was just one of them. Uh, but anyway. Yeah, so 98. Okay, so um, he's probably not quite He's probably not quite that old. But anyway, his nickname is Tiger. They called him Tiger. Um, so there was oh, really? a player yeah, who was playing last night who uh, was named after Tiger Woods, um, which I thought was kind of fun. Um, that is, yeah, Tiger Woods' first win was in 97. Okay, so it must have been myself. one I'm of not... his wins. But he was, you know, yeah. early 2000s, right? It was like the height of, of Tiger yeah, Mania. Sure, that makes sense. Um, yeah. So I thought Game that was still like that. Yeah. kind of a fun yeah. golf connection to March Madness. Yeah, but... yeah. Well, enjoy your time at Notre Dame at our alma mater. And um, yeah, I'm glad you were able to visit James and um, yeah, celebrate this holy day together. Yeah. Well, and we... holy day in such a, you know, holy and meaningful place um, you know, to sure. both of us as well. Um, yeah. And happy Easter to our listeners and happy Easter season. Um, we wish you joy of, you know, of the Alleluia and um, a time to to be reborn um, as we move forward through this Easter season. Amen. Happy Easter, folks. Happy Easter.